to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. There is just something about when the lights come on, the Arizona Cardinals shine the brightest. We saw it on Monday Night Football six days later. Sunday night football, the biggest win of the season without question, and perhaps a signature win for head coach Cliff Kingsbury. As we say hello on this Tuesday, the Cardinals Red Sea reports the Cardinals 5-2 and two with that fifth victory coming against the Seattle Seahawks. And it'll be trained. Every game matters. Every game counts. But there's just something different, something special when you can walk off the field after a beating the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely, and and the fact that you hadn't beaten that team in quite some time on that field, yeah, it's a little extra special. And I think for this team, this is one of those confidence boosters early in the season that could possibly propel them to bigger and better things as the season goes on. So definitely proud of the men. It was a hard-fought win. It took them five full quarters to get it done. But, hey, a win is a win is a win is a win. You don't care how it looks. All that matters is – the WL column, and we got another one in the W column. 2012, the last time the Cardinals beat the Seahawks at State Farm Stadium, 37-34, the final in overtime. MJ, that was the only time the Cardinals had a lead in that ball game, so technically no time on the clock. But the Cardinals do what they needed to do, get the stops in the second half in overtime, and come away with a huge victory. Well, what do they say, better late than ever? That's true. And, and listen, I like the way the team responded in the second half. I mean, it didn't look pretty early on. They were down by 10. They held the Seahawks to seven points. The Cardinals scored 20, including the overtime. So, um, you know, maybe they didn't win that game last year. Um, they're finding ways to win, and good teams find ways to win. So you got to give them credit. Um, they know it was going to be a toe-to-toe game. And um, for the first time all year, Russell Wilson made some mistakes. More importantly for the Cardinals, a positive vibe going into this bye week. A three-game winning streak, but you go in coming off a victory against the Seahawks. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm just excited um, that these guys can, can um, you know, celebrate. They worked really hard, had that two-game losing streak, um, and they've really, really focused at practice and in the meetings and taking it upon themselves when they do have extra time to put in the work, and it's paid off. Um, over these last three weeks. So for them to heal up after a victory like that and build some confidence, um, just going to be exciting moving forward. It doesn't matter, B-Train, whether it's here in Arizona or in Seattle. There's just something different about this rivalry. Weird was the word everyone used heading into this contest. When you look at the four quarters plus overtime, 70 minutes of football, what are you going to remember most about that Week 7 contest? The thing that I'm going to remember is the fact that this team was able to score 37 points on a really good football team, and they were able to make timely plays. And, of course, everybody's going to talk about a play here and there uh, that, that, that stand out, and, and rightfully so. But the fact that this team took the best punch that the Seahawks had in that first quarter, and they were able to, to, 
stay on their feet. If, if you want to say a stand and eight count, and they were able to come back and counter punch and, and ultimately come out with a win. So I think you saw this team mature. I thought for for Vance Joseph, I thought in the second half he was masterful in playing chess uh, against uh, Russell Wilson and confusing him. And and uh, you saw a, a, a different coordinator in the way that he called games in that second half. And I think he may be on to something going forward. Cardinals scored 10 points in the final three minutes to force overtime, win the ball game in overtime. The Seahawks under Russell Wilson had been 30-0 and when leading by 10 or more points at the half. So now make that 30-1 and and make the Seahawks 5-1 and their first loss of the season. Kyler Murray on what was a very crazy contest. Man, it's, uh, you, can't beat, you can't beat a uh, good hard-fought win like that. That's... Uh... It's the best type of win. You can, um, you know, go back and forth in overtime. I've actually, I don't think I've ever been a part of something like that. Um, you know, miss a field goal, interception. Nah, that's a, that was a crazy game, and um, glad we came out on top. Cardinals MJ trailed ten nothing just eight and a half minutes into the contest. They were down by as many as thirteen points. The Seahawks scored on five of their first six possessions. They only had one score, and it was a touchdown on their last six possessions. Yeah, and, and you know, normally, you know, you hear about teams making adjustments, uh, you know, at halftime, and then sometimes you'll see you know, coordinators, maybe the first or second possession, start to make some adjustments. But clearly, and you, when Todd Bowles was here, you know, everyone thought he was mild-mannered. But when you got behind closed doors, sometimes you didn't want to hear what he was saying. And it sounds like Vance put down the law there and said, you know, we're a much better team than we're playing right now, so let's go out there. And obviously they, they were able to take his words and use it on the field because it was really two different games, the first half and the second half, and obviously overtime. Well, the numbers speak to that. Seattle had 377 yards at halftime. Again, 377 yards with Russell Wilson accounting for 306 of those yards. Second half and overtime, though, MJ, they were held to under 200 total yards and I know sometimes that can be a misleading stat but it does show you the adjustments or the difference between the first half and second half defensively yeah and then you throw in the three interceptions and the turnovers and the, and the way that Patrick Peterson played on, on DK Metcalf I mean again uh, it seems like different guys are stepping up at different weeks this week it was Tanner Vallejo I mean he's filling in for Jordan Hicks and then you get a guy like Isaiah Simmons gets his first interception. He was in the right spot. His eyes were in the right spot. So it's nice to see other guys step up. And that's one thing when we look at this roster this year, they do have depth across the board. Now, some positions are a little bit deeper than others, but I, I like where they're at going into the second half of the season. CB Train, we can talk defense here on this show. I mean, we're going to talk championships. We better talk defense. I mean, that, that's all I've been trying to tell you for some time, Craig. I mean, if you're going to win championships, you better talk defense. Yeah, we can talk about how sexy the offense looked and the points scored and this, that, or whatever, but you still have to get stopped. And that's what it is when you start talking about winning in the NFL. And the Cardinals get the necessary stops, and they head into the bye week feeling very good about themselves. Here's Buda Baker. Oh, man, it definitely makes us feel good. You know, if we lost, I would have definitely been pissed off the whole bye week. So definitely it's a great feeling, happy, excited. And now it's time to rest and, uh, you know, get back going after this next week. So we're very excited. Got the great W. Go Cards. 
B-Train, we hear about that 24-hour rule, and we've talked a lot about it here on this show. But to hear Buda Baker say he would have been upset, I'll use that PG word, as opposed to what he said, how big of a difference, though, is it on what happens before you go into that bye week? It's everything. This is a bottom-line business. Right? This is what it is. If you win, it's great. If you lose, it sucks. And that's just that's week to week. That doesn't even include bye week. But if you have a bye week, you have even more time to lament on something that didn't go wrong, or you have even more time to feel good about yourself over something that went right. And I think for this team against Seattle Seahawks, because of the history of this series here at State Farm Stadium, I think this victory was extra sweet. And again, I do believe that all wins are not created equal, and I think this one is a much bigger win because it was division opponent, but because they had so much uh, struggle against this team in that stadium. So to get over that hump, I thought was a huge lift for this team overall. Well, two and zero within the division right now, second place in the NFC, the sixth seed in the entire NFC. When you look at the Cardinals here, seven weeks into the regular season, five and two. Let's kick you inside the Cardinals locker room. Exclusive access, courtesy azcardinals.com. The head coach handing out several game balls. Couple game balls. All right, start with number eleven. He hit 1,400 receptions. Isaiah Simmons. They had 360 yards passing, three touchdowns, one rushing, number one. Four game balls handed out. Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald on offense, Isaiah Simmons on defense, and Zane Gonzalez special teams. It was Gonzalez, a 48-yard field goal, the difference in the contest after he had missed from 41 yards out earlier in overtime. Certainly a lot to like, MJ, and you could point to any number of different players everyone that suited up coaching staff as well because you talk about a total team effort yeah there were some mistakes but when a play needed to be made whether it was on offense or defense or even special teams there was someone right there yeah and you know let's go back to that locker room uh, conversation and just how thrilled everyone was for isaiah simmons and just like dennis gardick speech speech and they're like i'd just rather be seen than heard um, but you could see people are rooting for him because he's putting the work in, and it's something that you know people don't see on the outside. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, Tanner Vallejo, I, I thought maybe he should have got a game ball. I mean, if he doesn't make those stops, uh, maybe it's a different outcome. We're talking about the Seahawks were able to prevail, um, and then you know Hassan Reddick obviously he's playing well, but you're having different guys, and you know Buda Baker we can count on. Patrick Peterson's played much better. Byron Murphy, so. It's not just one guy, it's it's by committee, and I think we're seeing that when you look at the sacks overall from the team aspect. Cardinals had two sacks, both in overtime. Byron Murphy and Hassan Reddick, who now has five to lead the team and nine quarterback hits. And I think, B-Train, that's more than anything. See, it is difficult to get your hands on a Russell Wilson, but if you can make a quarterback uncomfortable and get him moving side to side, now sometimes that's when Russell is the most dangerous, but they were able to get after him. Yeah, they were, and they were able to confuse him in that second half, and that's why I spoke about 
Vance Joseph and, and what he was able to come up with in the second half because it just seemed like a different mentality coming out of the locker room. And, and the first half, you saw the Seattle Seahawks doing whatever they wanted to do from an offensive standpoint. And I think the, the fact that Vance Joseph was so aggressive and whatever he said to those guys, they really responded to him and he responded to them as well. So uh, it was it was great synergy out there that second half. And, and when you start talking about sacking quarterbacks, yeah, sacks are great and we love them. But if you can get quarterbacks off of their rhythm and their timing, that's as important. And, and you can generate turnovers and, and get the ball back to your offense. That's ultimately what you're trying to do. It was not all good, though, for the Cardinals. A number of players got hurt in that contest. We heard Mike Jarecki talk about Tanner Vallejo. Well, that's because Jordan Hicks was injured, missed the final three drives defensively, don't have an update on him. Also awaiting word on running back Kenyon Drakes, Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, and, of course, Isaiah Irving, who had to be carted off the field. In fact, Irving going on social media because it was a very scary situation there as they had to bring out the board. But, quote, I really appreciate all the love and support I've received following the game. I'm in good spirits and doing well. Thanks for the well wishes. I'll be back in no time. End of tweets. So some good news as far as the health is concerned. But, MJ, you look at a bye week coming at a perfect time uh, based off the injuries and specifically Allen, Phillips, and Hicks. Defensively, uh, this team does need some rest. Yeah, and, you, you, you know, when the schedule comes out, you, you look at primetime games, you look at division games, who's your opener, and then you look where the bye week is, and you really can't predict it. But the fact they're on a three-game winning streak, you know, some of the guys said, well, we wish we were playing. But based on the injuries, it came at a great time. Five wins this season matches the win total from all of last season, and the Cardinals now will sit back and relax and kind of enjoy some time off before coming back into action November 8th against the Miami Dolphins, a nine-game sprint to the finish line. But, hey, let's enjoy this for a little bit. We will talk about the final ten minutes, everything that happened to get the Cardinals their first win of the season. Certainly a very exciting contest and one the Cardinals and Cardinal fans will not forget anytime soon. Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Reports here on this Tuesday. Greg Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry, the Cardinals. Two primetime wins in a week. Monday night football and Sunday night football. They are five and two hitting the bye week. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. A minute four to go in a tie game here in overtime, 34 piece. Three receivers to the right of Wilson. Got to get a stop here. Third and 14. Play clock at one. Snap to Wilson. Quick throw over the middle. Picked off. It's intercepted at the 40-yard line. Isaiah Simmons has it. Running far side of the 45. Out of bounds at the 50-yard line. 57 seconds left. Cardinals have the ball and a timeout. The rookie made a play. Isaiah Simmons is right there with the sweet hands. What a catch by Isaiah Simmons. 48-yard attempt for Zane Gonzalez looking to win the game and get some redemption here in overtime. 20 seconds to go. Snap. Ball is down. Kick from Gonzalez is off. It looks good. It is gone! The Cardinals win it! An incredible finish at State Farm Stadium. The Cardinals take down Seattle. 37-34. Redemption for Zane Gonzalez. 
Tremendous play call, play calls from Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley on the broadcast. That's right. Zane Gonzalez wins it 37-34 in overtime as the Cardinals rallied from as many as 13 points down. They never led until they walked off the field with that three-point victory. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, talking about overtime specifically, and B-Train, I could give you a list of defensive players and to pick one that would make the play of the game to set up the win, and I don't know how far down the list you'd have to go to pick Isaiah Simmons' name. Well, you definitely have to, to have him in the top three. Because at turnover, actually gave the Cardinals the ball and great field position uh, with that timeout, as Dave has so eloquently said, to put them in position to win. And, and you, you just feel good for him because he was so maligned at the beginning of the season and people weren't sure why wasn't he playing as much and it looked like he was uh, his confidence wasn't there. And, and for him to make a big play in that moment, I think that was huge for him and I think it was huge for the team overall because it gave them an opportunity to go out there and, and, and have Ben Gonzalez deliver that win for us and uh, again you can never talk about uh, the defensive performers without talking about Isaiah Simmons but the fact that you had so many to choose from that just showed that there were so many guys contributing to this overall team win and that's always a good thing. Just one play B-Train but from a confidence standpoint how big of a deal can that play be for a young player like Simmons? Oh that's huge as a rookie to know that you can actually go out there and make a play to help the team win because in his mind he understands the weight of being a first-round pick. He understands that he hasn't made the contribution that, that a lot of people are expecting him to make. And, and, of course, he's feeling that pressure himself because he's put some on himself as well as a competitor. So for him to get that play, I think that takes a lot of stress off of his back. And I think now he can sort of relax and, and, and just go play knowing that, hey, I, I knew I could do it all along, but now I have the actual proof with a big-time play and an interception, especially an interception of a guy that's arguably one of the runners for MVP this year. Hasn't seen the field a lot, MJ. In fact, that was his fifth defensive snap, and he only played five defensive snaps. Did not play at all in the first half, talking about Isaiah Simmons, yet he had a great play as far as what Vance Joseph had dialed up trying to confuse Russell Wilson because they stacked the line of scrimmage on the two previous plays came after him but on that third down they backed off and Wilson never saw 48. Well and then you're wondering why was he out there for the you know that that driver that play and then you look at Jordan Hicks sitting on the sidelines but then Tanner Vallejo's in there and I do think the Cardinals want to have him in different sub packages now you know there have been times where he's had to cover tight ends down the field but I think he's more a equipped to play in the front seven. I'd like to see him get a chance to rush the passer. Uh, but they, they've been very consistent where he is a weak side linebacker. They don't want him, you know, to, uh, again, I think he can rush the passer. So uh, the fact that you had some injuries and other guys stepped up, and again, him and Vallejo, they don't win that game without the pick and the stops. It was a huge play by the first-round draft pick. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Couldn't be happier for Isaiah. Uh, he's a guy, you know, due to not having an off season or, or really a preseason. Um, you know, we've tried to put him in positions to be successful and, and work him in there. But you saw tonight uh, the ability he has to, to make that play in that situation was huge, and we'll, we'll do wonders for him moving forward. 
That was the third of three interceptions thrown by Wilson, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker also had picks, but the degree of difficulty with respects to Simmons's play because he was kind of backpedaling MJ and then he was almost in better position to make that play than the receivers. They hadn't even turned around to look for that football. That's how quickly Wilson had gotten rid of the football. It was intended for Tyler Lockett, his favorite target all game long, yet Simmons was there and then even more importantly than making the catch, able to return it as well because time is ticking down he needed to get into field goal range. Yeah, there was a miscommunication. Uh, the receivers did not uh, know that maybe they had to do a hot route because you look at the play, the receivers are still running their routes and the Cardinals were able to jump in front of it, including Isaiah Simmons. So, And, and that was one situation when they followed Russell Wilson to the sidelines and he was he he was upset that the receivers didn't you know hot route is you got to cut off your route to obviously help the quarterback out but they were still running their route so um, they had issues on that drive right there. Simmons returned the ball 12 yards to the Seattle 49 yard line six plays later and with just 15 seconds left. Cardinals kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired, 37-34. The final Cardinals improved to 5-2. Let's hear from one of Simmons' teammates, Buda Baker, on that play. Oh, man, it was clutch, clutch. You know, they were trying to go down and kick a field goal probably, and uh, we had a nice pressure. It wasn't really a pressure. It was kind of a smoke pressure. Isaiah was uh, showing like he was blitzing and then got out. Russell didn't see him. And uh, Isaiah used his length and got the, got the interception. It was a great play. Um, glad he got that, made that play. And uh, that's Isaiah Simmons for you. Certainly everyone happy for Simmons in that locker room as we played earlier in the show, the game balls and how many people were excited for Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker as well, stepping up once again. He is certainly on an unbelievable tear right now, B-Training. Second week in a row himself with an interceptions, although he's going to hear about it from now and probably until he retires and maybe after he's played on just how, I wouldn't say how bad it looked, but it was impressive. It looked like a sure pick six, and then out of nowhere, here comes DK Metcalf to track him down. Those are one of those plays where you just see a guy that's a freak of nature make an extraordinary play that not very many people in the NFL can do. And you just have to tip your hat. And I know for Buddha, he's going to get ripped a little bit. But the further we get away from it, the more people will come to appreciate DK Metcalf's effort. And, and although he's a Seahawk and we don't generally like him on on this team, but you have to just look at that play in a capsule and just say, man, that was a heck of an effort by the young man to not give up on the play. Remember, he was at a dead stop. And Buddha Baker had caught the ball in stride. And so for him to to come from a dead stop and then, you know, stay with it and, and, and chase him down. It was very, very impressive. But make no mistake, it was a huge play because it kept points off the board for for us, and it, it put us in prime position to put points on the board. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But the fact is, you, you look at that play, and, and I think both men uh, should be given a tip of the cap because it was it was you can't have one without the other. I'll say this, though. You go back to the combine, DK Metcalf ran a 4-3. And to run a 4-3 with that size, Buddha ran a 4-4-5. So it was going to happen. I mean, Buddha said he was looking at the Jumbotron, and he just feels this stallion or, you know, on his, on his footsteps. But there's some great audio out there coming to the sidelines. He had some colorful language. But 
how did he catch me, unquote? Yeah, he was mic'd up on azcardinals.com. It's been posted also on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page. And, yeah, how did he catch me? He was <laughs> – you can joke about it now and everything, and he did after the ball game as well. But it was certainly not only uh, an impressive play, but as we heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a teaching moment as well because you never give up on the play. And that's easier said than done sometimes, but uh, certainly a, a tremendous play. And, hey, we can talk about it here as well because the Cardinals, at the end of the day, are the team that got the win, 37-34. The other player defensively, Patrick Peterson, had the interception. And what he was able to do, B-Train, covering DK Metcalf, someone who was lights out so far this season. In fact, number one in the league in yards per catch, yet he only had two catches for 23 yards with Patrick Peterson on him all game long. The funny thing about it, man, is that I didn't really hear DK Metcalf's name other than that that chase down on Buda Baker. Aside from that, he was really a non-factor the majority of the game. And, and of course, you have to give credit to Patrick Peterson for shadowing him and, and really stepping up a guy that had struggled for the first part of the season. We'll all admit that. But I think he really took on the challenge of a DK Metcalf and, and old Patrick Peterson really rose up and, and, and really stepped up to the plate. And I think that was huge because you already saw big numbers from Russell Wilson and, and had you had the uh, addition of DK Metcalf making big plays, who knows what those numbers would have looked like. So, the fact that he was held in check for the most part, I thought that was really the difference in the game. And uh, when you start talking about three points, um, a player like D.K. Metcalf could possibly sway that in their favor, and, and Patrick Houston just didn't allow that to happen. Well, going into that game, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was number one, averaging 100.2 yards per game. Metcalf was at 99. And this is a couple of occasions that Patrick Peterson has shut him down. And you you just think size-wise he would have an advantage, but that's not the case. According to Next Gen Stats, Peterson shadowed Metcalf on 42 of 49 routes, allowed one catch for six yards with an interception on just four targets. You're talking about taking away a player or a team's number one weapon, and that certainly is what Patrick Peterson was able to do. Again, now Tyler Lockett did get loose, 15 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns, but this was a Seattle team that led the league in scoring. You weren't going to shut down everyone that Russell Wilson had at his disposal. Yeah, and I think if you go back and look at the film, they're going to get more production out of uh, Drake or Patrick. Now, he's been dealing with some injuries, and and obviously he's got to improve in tackling in the open field. But if you go back to it, according to Next Gen, Buda ran 21 miles an hour, 21.27, Metcalf (laughs) 22.64. It's pretty close. That's B-train speed, right? I don't know if I could ever run that fast unless there were food involved, brother. I'm just, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, that's just, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good athlete. I don't know if I could get quite that fast, but uh, you know, it was very impressive to see the young man do what he did. And, and again, great plays all over the field all night long. It was a great game. It was great to watch. And the fact that we came out with the win made it even sweeter. Normally, when someone's chasing you, do you run a little faster? <laughs> I would think so. Now he's got four three it, speed. It, it, it depends on the reason that they're chasing you. <laughs> you know, if they're chasing you for, for different reasons, then, yeah, you're going to run a lot faster. But, you know, on the football field, you know, maybe not. By the way, Baker finished with a team high and game high. 14 tackles in addition to that interception. Also had a pass defense and a tackle for loss. Not a bad outing for Buda Baker and the entire Arizona Cardinals defense.
Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Second half, we'll talk about the Cardinals offense. Kyler Murray, shiny, very large. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. and shotgun has the football short set throws a deep ball left side single coverage and it is pulled in by deandre hopkins and he's got a touchdown what a throw by kyler murray and what a catch by nuke to put the cardinals on the board with 239 to go in the first nuke was one-on-one great throw by kyler murray but an even better read touchdown We said it's going to be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Whoever plays better, that's who's going to win this game. Snap to Murray, and he keeps it himself, running left. Got a defender with him at the five. Breaks a tackle, dives, ball comes out, but he crossed the plane. Touchdown! Kyler Murray somehow, someway, found a way to get that pig across Pater. Big-time play by the mighty Kyler Murray. 360 passing yards, 67 rushing yards. Kyler Murray accounted for four touchdowns and the Cardinals 37-34 win in overtime over the Seattle Seahawks as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Greg Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry breaking it all down as Kyler Murray bests his... I guess comp, if you will. A lot of people believe Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are similar quarterbacks, MJ, yet it was Murray who played a little bit better than the player that he is often compared to. Yeah, I mean, when it comes just to turnovers alone. And, uh, yeah, I think Russell's probably the closest just because when Murray uh, checked in at 5, 10, and an 8th, you know, everyone looked at Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson was the uh, third-round pick. Uh, I'm sure if he had to do a redraft, he would be out a much higher pick. But... Yeah, I think that's a comp. But just when you when you watch Russell Wilson over the years, and you watch Murray these last uh, at least you know last year and this year, the speed is is completely different. And that's the one area B train that people cannot find a comparison for. It's what Kyler Murray is able to do with his legs, whether he's buying time in the pocket or running downfield looking for the end zone. He never looks like he's con- he's contained, and that's the thing that you look at with Kyler and the fact that he's so athletic and he can make you miss in a phone booth. Uh, that that scares a lot of defenders, and I think that's a weapon that I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to continue to utilize. And I think Kyler has has done a great job of using his arms as well as his legs to be that total threat that nobody can really put a finger on and, and really try to uh, stop him in, in in both ways because you make him contain him and control him in one area but then he's going to get loose in the other way and so I think that's uh, an asset that that he's can that he's used so much this year and, and I think that's why the offense has really continued to blossom the way that it has. Now going back to that touchdown when you see the replay it looked like he was either had his eye down the field or he didn't see the snap right away but he gets the ball in his hands and he's not even his fingers are not on the laces and he's smiling when he sees Hop. Um, so what a throw, and I agree with Wolf. What a read and a great catch. But this, this, the fact that he wasn't throwing with the laces is pretty impressive. Kingsbury yesterday acknowledged that that was a play that they stole from Ohio State and looked like the snap 
Murray wasn't ready for it, but it was all by design. Everyone yep. looking towards the sideline to try to catch the defense off guard, and that's why Murray was smiling because the play actually worked, and it resulted in the Cardinals' first score in that opening quarter to pull the Cardinals to within 10-7. Cardinals go on to win, and it was a huge fourth quarter and overtime for the young quarterback. Here is Kyle Murray on how he performed when it mattered most. Yeah, man, I, I don't think I smiled all game, um, honestly, just because it just felt like uh... – you know, we just you just had to have your head down and just keep grinding. For me personally, mindset was you know, just just move the ball. Um, you know, do what I do, move the ball, be myself, and lead the guys down the field. Make smart decisions, take care of the ball. You know, whatever I see, go with it, trust it, do it with conviction. His two scoring drives to force overtime. He had three carries for 33 yards, and then went seven of 12 for 58 yards and a touchdown. But remember, there were three spikes, so you. You take that out of the equation, he was really 7 of 9 passing for 58 yards and a touchdown. And what he has been able to do, B-Train, now when there's been very little time on the clock, the end of regulation, there's 52 seconds, no timeouts. The end of overtime, 57 seconds. And he certainly looks like he's been in this position before because, well, he has been. And dare I say he performs better under those situations. And the fact that he has to to just go and just react to what he sees, I think he really responds well to that. And, and uh, there's something to be said that maybe they don't try to implement that and, and uh, speed the, the, the play clock up, if you will, for the offense. I just I look at Kyler and how he's been able to handle pressure, rise situations, and really thrive. It, it speaks to his ability to, to, to speed up his thinking and really process information at a really high clip. And uh, it's very impressive, and, and I know the players – in that huddle respond to that they they understand that he is going to be uh ready to go so i think they've all adapted and adjusted as well and i think it really puts a lot of pressure on on opposing defensive fronts because the last thing that you want to do is have to rush somebody and then real quickly get back down in your stance and have to do it again without having any time to kind of rest and regroup and recover so uh, I think the strategy is, is, is great for Kyler and, and this offense, and, and I think it's only going to continue to be utilized as the season goes on. No, you look at his pedigree. I think he's built for this. And he's a fierce competitor, and, you know, he posted on his Instagram after the game, quote, I put my heart and soul into this. So I, I think he's built for this. And the bigger the games are, and, and I know it's a small sample, but it seems that he shows up. It's a small sample, and they've only had, you know, couple of primetime games, but you, you could see the upside. I don't think it's too big for him. And one thing that Kingsbury said over the last couple of weeks, the game is slowing down from that's huge for any quarterback. Well, let's hear from the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on what Kyler Murray was able to do against the Seahawks. I thought it was phenomenal. You know, super competitive. He had that look in his eyes the whole game. I mean, he told me, he said, don't basically don't ever be conservative again I got you and he went out there and won it at the end um, so he's, he's fun to coach he's competitive he wants to be great and uh, you know anytime you're going toe-to-toe with a guy like Russell Wilson um, I know that meant a lot to him we talked last week B-Train about Kyle Murray and what he was able to do with just nine completions and the talk of his accuracy or inaccuracy well on Sunday Night Football, he was 34 of 48, which is over 70% when you're talking about accuracy. But if you take away the four spikes to stop the clock at the end of overtime and the fourth quarter, then you're looking at a completion percentage of 77.3%. Yeah, he's accurate, and I think it was just more of 
not a bad day against the Cowboys, but maybe just because of everything surrounding that game that Murray was just a little bit off. Yeah, the Cowboys game, he was emotional. He was back home. He wanted to – he was pressing a little bit. And anybody that that's played the game can understand that. When you go home and play in front of family and friends, you, you want to go out and put your best foot forward. So you, 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 get a, you get a pass for that. But I thought what we saw against Seattle on Sunday night was more of the true Kyler Murray. And, and he, he – the, the, the bigger the game – the bigger he plays. And I think that's a huge compliment to a guy like Kyler Murray because yet he's only had a handful of starts, but yet you already see that, that innate ability to, to uh, internalize whatever nervousness he may have and just go out there and really perform at a high level. Uh, I think that gives his, his team a, a lot of confidence in him. I think it gives his coaching staff a lot of confidence in him. And he's just one of those guys, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. And he's definitely proving himself to be a big-time player. And just think, he's only scratching the first. He's going to get a lot better. Now, one thing that they talked about going into the season was cutting down on the negative plays, including the sacks. And according to Darren Urban on EasyCardinals.com, he was sacked 23 times for 154 yards in seven games last year. This year, he's been sacked nine times for 38 yards. Now, still some negative plays, but obviously not taking the sacks or, or running out of bounds where the, 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 the offensive line will get the, uh, you know, the blame for the, for the sack. So he's definitely improved in there, and that's something they've been working on. So you could just see in one year, they go from 23, and they had 48, and they talked about cutting it in half. Well, they're on that they're on that path right now. Well, the nine sacks allowed eighth best in the National Football League, and we go back to next gen stats. According to them, Kyler Murray has been the least pressured quarterback in the league this season, and he was only pressured on one of his forty eight dropbacks on Sunday night. Cardinals five and two heading into the bye week, and we know what happened a year ago. Cardinals after that bye week, they were embarrassed to the Rams. 34-7, to seven. so the question to Kyler Murray this week, what do you do differently to avoid a repeat of 2019? I'm a year more mature. You know, this is year two for me, so understanding uh, what, what happened last year, what I did last year, uh, for me, there is no bye week. Uh, last year, you know, we kind of treated it as if there was a bye week. This year, uh, you know, head stays down. I'm going to keep at it, um, you know, be ready to come back and lead these guys. Now, the good news, um, at least for you know the players, is that they'll be off Thursday through Sunday. However, they're not allowed to travel. So they're getting daily testing. Usually guys you know, go to L.A., Cabo, Vegas, but that's not the case for all 32 teams. So they'll, they'll have to go to the facility, take a test Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And normally when you're there, maybe you watch a little bit more film. But I think these guys want to get away just to, to kind of – regroup and, and, and get ready for the second half of the season. Yeah, it's going to be a much different bye week, not only for the Cardinals, but every team in the National Football League. Be trained. You still have to figure out some way, even though maybe physically you don't go anywhere. Mentally, you need to kind of go somewhere at least to get away from the game a little bit. Yeah, you just have to get off your feet and you have to really get away from the honeydews because I'm sure the significant others will have some things for them that they'll want them to do around the house and <laughs> and that, that kind of stuff, but they're going to have to avoid those at all costs, like offensive linemen, and uh, you know, really figure out a way to, to uh, just stay off their feet, not put shoes on all weekend and all week. That, that would be a big-time win for these guys, and, and, and really, uh, if they could, stay away from watching football uh, as far as, as a fan because you get so emotionally 
caught up in it, and, and that, that takes a toll on you from a physical standpoint. And so the, the less that they do, the better that they'll feel and, and the more rest that they'll feel heading into that week uh, after the bye. And, and uh, if they can do that, then I think they'll be ready for a big-time second-half second push. Honeydew list, no shoes, B-Train. It sounds like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had a few. I had a few bye weeks in my time, so I, I know the ones that went the best were the ones where I didn't do a whole lot. So, if they could take it from me, if they want to know how to how to handle the bye week, just have them give me a call. I got a few words of encouragement. You can reach out to Bertram Barry no on shoes. social media. Yes, no <laughs> shoes. I like that the whole weekend. Keep off the feet. Oh yeah. Bird Gang, make sure you catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes. YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. And don't forget a brand new episode to drop this weekend, October 31st, episode 6, Raising the Bar. Go to the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page to check it out. We'll come back and look forward here to the second half of the season on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and three on the Cardinal 35. Now, looks like Tyler Murray's changing things up. They have plenty of time on the play clock, 20 seconds. Five minutes on the game clock, two timeouts left. Tie game. And they're going to run it up the middle. Edmonds, 35-40, sprints to the right. He's got room at the 45. Edmonds at 50, 40-yard line, 35 and out of bounds. Inside the 35 at the 34 with 4.50 to go. Chase Edmonds in for the injured Kenyon Drake with a huge run of about 30 yards. He makes the cut. You never think he's going to make until it's too late. 32-yard run officially, the longest run from scrimmage for the Cardinals. And that's right, without Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds entered the ball game, carried the ball five times for 58 yards in the fourth quarter and overtime. We'll get more on what now might happen with Edmonds in light of Drake's injury. But first, Chase Edmonds, post-game, talking about stepping up when needed. Just a testimony to my hard work. I mean, I busted my ass this offseason, um, truly. You know, from the from the start of before even COVID was beginning, I just kept working every single day. Me, Kirk, Trent, just just working behind closed doors. Uh, you, you work like that for opportunities like this. Obviously, I don't want the opportunity to, to happen where, you know, KD goes down and we don't know much about what's happening. But uh, just to get that opportunity and, and seize it is just a, a testimony that hard work pays off. And uh, you never know when your time is going to come. Drake left the ball game at the 4-12 mark of the fourth quarter with an ankle injury, carted to the locker room. It did not look good. He was very emotional. Nothing official from the team, although ESPN's Adam Schefter, the first to report, Drake suffered a slight tear of a ligament in his ankle, and the team is treating the injury as if it were a high ankle sprain. He will miss a few weeks. Again, that is an Adam Schefter report. So, Next man up, right, MJ, and that would be Chase Edmonds. Yeah, and a lot of people think, you know, he could be your featured back in the future. Now, he hasn't carried the the rock like Kenyon Drake, um, but I do think he's very elusive in the open field. Uh, The Cardinals really don't throw the ball to Kenyon Drake in the passing game. Um, And I think there are times you can't see him behind the line, but I I love the way he hits the holes. He's not afraid to go inside the tackles. Um, He he actually is is getting much better in pass protection. So now it's a matter of who does he share the carries with. Uh, Obviously, like Jonathan Ward, he really hasn't had a chance. Uh, He's a bigger back like Kenyon Drake. And then D.J. Foster, more of a special teams guy. And then, you know, Eno Benjamin was a late draft pick, and he hasn't been active this year. So, 
Um, I think it could be by committee, but as you pointed out, Craig, uh, recently, maybe it's ride the hot hand once the game unfolds in the second half. Regardless of who it is, B-Train, this team runs the football, runs it very well. They are the number two rushing offense, number three in yards per carry. What a luxury to have a running back like a Chase Edmonds to, to bring off the bench when you have a Kenyon Drake who has shown that he is a very capable back, but then it was almost like a two-headed monster uh, in that tailback position with Chase Edmonds. I think he brings even more of a dynamic uh, dimension to this offense as far as the running game is concerned. And then you add him to what Kyler Murray does with his legs, it's a real problem for opposing defenses to try to figure out how this team is going to attack you from the running game standpoint. Edmonds this season averaging 6.1 yards per carry. We'll see what happens with Kenyon Drake. Everyone right now is going to enjoy a little rest. Yes, and when they get back from the break, number 44, Marcus Golden. That's right, the team acquiring the junkyard dog on Friday, and he will be on the practice field next week and in uniform on the Cardinals' next play, November 8th against the Miami Dolphins. B-Train, enjoy the weekend, and uh, no shoes, all right? Hey, no shoes always for me on the weekend, brother. You know, I'm always trying to relax to the max. That's how I get down. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager, Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.